Hello, good morning once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our week six edition of the Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's program, we'll revisit BYU's fifth straight win to open the year and seventh straight win dating back to last year, a 34-20 win at Utah State under the Friday night lights. The win bumping BYU into the top 10 in both major polls. Joining us for a look back and ahead to this weekend's game with Boise State, our defensive coordinator, Eli Satuiaki, and special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb. We start the show with the D.C. and D-line coach, Eli Satuiaki, eager to see you again. Good to be back. Well, let's just start maybe with the, the polls. Uh, top 10 team. BYU is a top 10 team. They finished the season last year ranked 11th. It took five games to, to get you right in that same neighborhood. Uh, things are rolling, and the national observers are recognizing. Yeah, yeah. The boys are, boys are playing really well. You know, obviously, we've had to reach into our depth uh, uh, in a lot of these games with a lot of different positions. And uh, it just shows the kind of team that we have. We have a really deep team that everybody's bought in, doing their jobs. And, of course, this is uh, the kind of company you want to be keeping on an annual basis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a lot of good teams. A lot of good teams even behind us. I mean, there's a lot of good football out there. There's a lot of football to be played, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an honor to be there. And it's down the line a bit, but it's interesting that uh, two of the four new Big 12 teams going in are in the top ten right now. Cincinnati's up there as well. Nice win at Notre Dame on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's... There's a lot of good, you know, it was the fun thing about playing on Friday is you're, you're uh, kind of going back and forth between conference and, and games and seeing a lot of football. There's a lot of good ball being played and it was fun to watch. Well, let's, uh, let's take a, uh, a look at how this season has started in, in 2021. It was kind of a silent year in 2020 in terms of stadium environments, but you've had great environments for the first five games of this season. You went to Vegas to open, three straight at home, and then a sellout in Logan on Friday night. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Obviously, it was the first time for us on defense. We could, uh, you know, it was a little bit more quiet on our side of the ball, but um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a cool venue. Yeah, Utah State did a really good job just packing it, and it's always a fun game between us and the rivalry and, and a great outcome for us. Any connections at all between you and Logan still these days? I mean, you were there for uh, a few years. I was there for three years. It was, uh, I, I loved it. I loved it there. I love, love Logan, love the, love the university, just love the town. It was, uh, you know, one of my seven kids was born there. And uh, so we, we have fond memories, my family and I, of just, of just being up there. And obviously the turnaround that Gary, Gary had when he's, you know, part of, part of building that, recruiting a lot of those kids. And actually seeing them every, every time we go up there, I see a lot of the kids that I coached or recruited uh, on the field pregame. And it's always fun to catch up with those kids. Well, you did get a few guys back on defense, which was good. You mentioned depth being tested, but you did have some starters back and, and helping you, especially in the D-line. Uh, Nysa was back. Uh, Tyler Batty was back in the mix. And so it's nice to see him trickle back in. Yeah, yeah. Get, getting those guys back and having that depth is, is crucial to just, uh, you know, being successful all year. I think it's uh, especially at the D-line spot where guys get banged up. But, I mean, we got back Isaiah Heron as well. Yeah. Um, you, know, other, you know, George in his second game playing a lot more snaps and, and, uh, I mean, those guys, the secondary was huge in this game for us and the game plan that we had. In the game itself, USU got the ball first to open the game, and their first possession ends on an INT from Malik Moore. Fourth career pick uh, uh, for Malik. And your defense uh, has two INTs, five PBUs on the night uh, for the year, six picks and 18 passes broken up. It's been a very active secondary. Yeah, the secondary has been unbelievable. Like we've talked about just in the past the uh, importance of having guys that can play man, you know, and we played a big, big majority of our, of our, uh, you know, game plan in man and, and mixed up a couple of zones here and there. But, 
You know, Malik Moore's got unbelievable ball skills. I did, what a play that is, right? It, unbelievable. And he, and he played, he only played receiver in high school. And, and uh, you he know, secures you, it with one hand coming down. He does. That's, that's a, that was a crazy play. I was, uh, I didn't know if he, he secured it when I was Me in too. the box watching yeah. it. But that was an unbelievable play. I had your same view. And I, on the live call, I saw it go out into one hand. And I was like, well, how can he come down with that? Right. And, and he came down with it. A yeah, tremendous play. Just holding it like a loaf of bread. <laughs> it was well done. Uh, so uh, Malik, and that's two picks on the year as well uh, for Malik. And, and five, and again, four for the career. So he's kind of getting up there. He's proven to be a bit of a ball hawk, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's getting better and better every week. And you know, if we can keep all those DBs healthy, then we'll, we'll have a shot to keep, keep playing some defense. Then the offense gives you an early lead to work with. Uh, again, uh, first drive touchdown for the O, 10-0 lead eventually. Uh, BYU still one of only now four FBS teams yet to trail in a game this season. These wire-to-wire -wire wins, not that they're easy by any stretch, but it gives you something to work with that uh, kind of puts the whole team at ease, it feels like. Yeah, I had not known that until, until you said it. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's uh, every single play, the, the one that's in, in front of you is the most important one and, and not really – uh, chasing any of those stats uh, outside of that, but that's uh, that is pretty impressive with what our offense has done and what they bring to the table. And not surprising, uh, the four teams we're talking about are all in the top ten right now. These are the four teams that have yet to trail at any point in any game this season, and not surprisingly, that's a combined 20 and 0 record. Uh, when you don't trail, it's uh, it's it's a lot easier to win, and those are the four teams that are doing it kind of a, a wire to wire fashion right now. That's excellent. Uh, USU uh, on Friday night, he had another one of those marathon drives in the second quarter. 18 plays, 75 yards, 734 off the clock. They had five third down and one fourth down conversion uh, on the drive. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's uh, you've got to give them credit. <clears throat> you know, they they did a really good job just converting and we felt like felt like we did a good job in control downs. Uh, there were a lot of third and longs that they that they got out of. Um, you know, and it's just uh, we, we've got to find a way to get out of those and those become grinders. I mean, they do a good job too, just, uh, you know, not substituting, trying to keep you in there. We've got, you know, D linemen, backers that are playing just a lot of different snaps and it's, it's uh, really difficult to get out of those drives and we've got to find a way out. Now, there's a bit of a flip side here um, in, in that, that there was a high number of, of third downs attempted and converted, but they're also getting to third down a lot. 25% uh, of their plays on Friday night were third down plays. And, and so in, in one way, you're kind of forcing them to get to third down, which proves that you're doing a decent job on first and second as well. Yeah, that's, that's part, of the, part of the deal is, uh, you know, when you're trying to keep the ball in front of you and make them earn it, um, this, this really, this game plan wasn't necessarily keep the ball in front of you. It was play man challenge and our secondary did a really good job. And it's just, you know, you, you, you look at the amount of yards that they have and the amount of points that they have and, um, you know, felt like we they squeaked out air, uh, like as many points as they could for as many yards as, as we, we gave them. And we come out of a lot of those third downs. We have a shot to just really shorten the game by 20 snaps. There was just some third downs which really just by technique or, you know, whatever the case was, we could have got out of felt like we, you know, one of the one of the sacks that we should have had. We let them out. And I mean, those types of deals, we've got to we've got to, you know, finish, finish the play. Um, get the sack or get the PBU or, or whatever the case is and get out of those drives. Is there a bit of playing the odds too though as well it, in terms of chances of teams sustaining long drives for scores? It is, you know, you look at it, uh, offense, offense doesn't, doesn't uh, normally rotate the O-linemen. 
And that's, I mean, you'll see a couple of teams that do go fast paced that'll, that'll switch in a guy or two throughout the drive. But, you know, the way that we rotate D linemen, try to keep them fresh, it's really hard to sustain a drive and finish it with a really tired offensive line. And that's one of the things is we can just keep the ball in front of us and just don't give up anything cheap. We, if we feel like we normally come out of drives. And, um, you know, this week and, and the previous week, there was just a couple of drives where third downs is, th you know, making a play on third down is really what, what kept the, the drive going. But, um, complete different story if we're out of those. We get the ball back for our offense. We're, you know, uh, they score again. It's just a different ball game and, you know, things change for you. And so we've, we've got to do a better job getting off on third down. There's opportunities for us to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, also credit the other team for converting. So the game could have been shortened by some snaps with a few of those getting off the field. That said, 83 plays defended on the night but at only four yards per play. Now, that's a winning number. I mean, four yards per play, that puts you like first or second in the country if that was your average for the season. And so, yeah, a lot of snaps and, and some long drives and the third downs were there. But ultimately, that four yards per play is not going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, and that was, you know, going in, felt like uh, with a team that goes fast and, you know, it, the, the, it's kind of like it looks like they're going to be throwing the ball because of how they spread out. But they're a team that, that ran the ball on everybody. And so we said, we're going to man, man up the outside, stop the run, and, and uh, see what happens. And, and uh, you know, like you said, it's just they eked out as many points as they could for the amount of yards that they had. And we come out of a, a couple of uh, third downs, we feel a lot better about it. But, um, you know, obviously still, still pleased with what happened. But, um, you know, just a couple of those third downs, feel like we'd be a little bit better. He sure did stop the run, though. I mean, less than a yard per carry. I think .6 yards per carry ultimately in the end. And, again, you're forcing a team to be kind of one-dimensional at that point. Yeah, that was, that was the deal is. These guys do a phenomenal job running the ball, uh, you know, coverage, just uh, scheme, all that stuff. And there, when there's a lot going on and people running around, you're a little bit softer in the run. And so we wanted to, we wanted to try to keep the, the game plan simple. Just we had a shell of what everything was going to look like. We we're going to run out there and, and uh, have our cleats in the ground and ready to play ball against a speed team that was running the ball. And so that was uh, that was the goal was to stop the run and man up the outside and. and uh, you know, it was, it was awesome to be able to do that with the secondary that we had. That's where they gave Boise trouble. Even though Utah State didn't score a lot of points against Boise, the yards were there. And on the ground, they were getting big gainers uh, play after play against Boise. Yeah, yeah, they rushed for 230 on Boise. And yeah. they got to the red zone so many times and yeah. didn't come away with points. And so I think as, a, as, a, as an offensive guy on their side, you could easily say, we're moving the ball, we're doing it right, we just have to finish the drive. And, you know, for us, we, you know, coming in, we, we thought the danger for these guys is, is running the ball. We've got to stop the run, and uh, we've got to rely on the secondary to play some man. Okay, in this game, you went uh, leading at halftime 24 to 13. Uh, when did you know that uh, Baylor Romney would be done for the night on, on the other side for you? On the way up to the box, you know, uh, I was talking to Rod, and Rod just mentioned, hey, we're, we're up to our third, third string quarterback, and, you know, uh, he, Kalani, Ed, and, and I were all, so basically on the same page as far as just the way the game was going to be managed and and uh, you know I thought that the offense did a phenomenal job I mean we we came out as, as a defense and, and said on the headset we need to have a big third quarter this is a very important for us to, to step up uh, during this time and kind of allow the offense to get back into the rhythm with the new quarterback and and uh, the boys showed up in a huge way. That's what happened. Time for a break. When we come back, we'll talk about just how the BYU defense had the offenses back in that key third quarter at Utah State. 
and we'll identify this week's defensive player of the week. As we head to break, we remind you that BYU football with Kalani Sitake airs Tuesday night, 6.30 Mountain Time on the BYU TV app. We have a live studio audience. Hit the seat request link you can find on my Twitter feed, and we'll see you tomorrow night. This is the Coordinator's Corners. We are brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. More with Coach E coming up from Studio C right after this. the hands play fake to Tyler pocket holds deep down the near side and it is almost intercepted is it picked off it is Malik Moore with the INT the safety ranging over and hauls it in for the pick what a play by Malik Moore and there it was back on the coordinator's corner with BYU defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Eli Satuiaki 10th ranked BYU playing for an eighth straight win and 14th consecutive home victory with Boise State visiting Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday afternoon last Friday night BYU outlasted Utah State 34-20 to improve to 5-0 on the year. BYU now one of 17 FBS unbeatens. And Friday in Logan, BYU began the third quarter with a third-string quarterback, Jacob Conover, at the helm, E, and, and the offense went to three and out on its first three drives of the third quarter. So it was then, before Jacob kind of got warmed up, that the defense had to really stand tall. And the Aggies had three uh, third-quarter possessions. Here's how they went. You forced two three-and-outs. You sandwich that around a huge stop on a fourth and one when USU was trying to get back in the game. So you talk about you needed a big third quarter. That's what you got. Yeah, yeah. The, the players stepped up in a huge way. Um, you know, obviously, <clears throat> just with going to a third string quarterback and and the, the offense trying to find their rhythm and, and kind of get back into it. And, um, you know, just listening to A-Rod talk in the box just about um, making sure that he was protecting the team. I mean, that was, that was something that I thought was really, really huge for us as a team was uh, the offense took care of the ball. There were no turnovers, and, and uh, the boys the boys kept playing on defense, and eventually we just uh, kind of got back to where we were on offense, and it was it was good to see. How much channel hopping do you do on the headset? I don't do any. I sit next to I sit next to A Rod. So you're hearing uh, you're hearing him do. I, I hear yeah. him, and then and then uh, you know Ed uh, Ed and Kalani both channel hop just on the offense and defense. So I'm hearing a little bit of both, just going back and forth and. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, and so I cut, you know, I have a gist of everything that's going on as well as just, you know, sometimes Colin will jump on and say, hey, uh, tell A-Rod this, remind him this, because A-Rod will be locked in, you know, uh, with calls or all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, there, there's a lot going on <laughs> on the headset, but it, but it is really clean and smooth. How close are you to A-Rod in the booth? Um, I mean, we high five each close other. Close enough for fist bumps time. and high fives? Oh, yeah, that was oh, my yeah, question. All the time. Okay. It's, so is there something like going on Friday night? Yeah, all the time. It's sometimes he's locked in, something's happening, you know, a big completion, and I'm pounding his chest. There and, you go. Yeah, it's uh, there's there there's uh, you're supposed to be calm in the box, but sometimes there's just you know, I, and I've got Kyle Griffiths next to me on the other side, and he's always punching my arm when things. Are well, going no, right. Kyle's a big boy. That could by the end of the night you might feel that, but then again, <laughs> yeah, 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 good stuff. It, uh, yep. Well, BYU led by 14 points early in the fourth quarter. Then came another one of those time-consuming USU drives, 14 plays, 90 yards. Uh, so it's 27, they score on it, 27-20, uh, BYU leading, under 10 minutes to go in the fourth, and then Tyler Algier kind of takes over again for you guys on the other side. It was three Tyler touches, touchdown. You go up 34-20, that would be the final score. Tyler was tremendous. Yeah, yeah, that was, we had that long drive, and then... Defensively. Defensively, yeah. long drive defensively, and so... You know, on, on defense against teams like this, we keep a running clock of just, okay, how much time are we actually resting? How much so, real time? Real time. And yeah. so we'll, we'll start the clock, and Tyler gets out there on the first play and just rips it, right? And, and, and we're, 
All for it. You're okay love with it. that. Love it. Yeah, but we're so we're you know we're talking about hey, uh, that's a fast turnaround. We scored obviously and we're pumped up, but we gotta we gotta get the rotation in there, make sure our guys are fresh and just coming off of a long drive and and uh, be ready be ready to come up with the stop. Now Tyler did you the favor of putting an elbow down, meaning there was a review, meaning they had to take a look at it, meaning another snap. <laughs> so it gave you a little more time to rest before you get back in the field. Yeah, that's just painful when you're on defense on the other side, just like he's right there at the half yard mark. I mean the percentages are that he's gonna get in and and that's uh yeah, that's painful. But <laughs> hey, every little bit of extra time did you well, and of course, you're not going to complain if Tyler scores quickly. Yep. Uh, does the defense still think of Tyler as one of theirs a little bit? You know what? The, the camaraderie of the team is unbelievable. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, crossover as far as just friendships, best friends, all that stuff, offensively and defensively. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, we, 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 we've got good camaraderie in the locker room. The boys all respect each other, but there is a little bit of – uh, that's one of our guys, you know, yeah. just because he played for us and on the defensive side and did a phenomenal job. And I think he led the team in tackles in the one game he started against Boise. And yep. But uh, that just shows the type of player that he is. He could, he really, he literally can't play anywhere. Yeah, I'm not sure how many guys there are that uh, you know were a Division One starter on defense and then turn into an you know maybe a next level talent on offense, which is yeah. what he's done. Yeah, he, he is. He's like that. I think I think we've got several guys on the team that are like that. That uh, you know they've done a really good job just. Uh, full, you know, filling in in the role that, that we put him in, but uh, we've got we've got some players. We were talking about George Udo earlier. That I think George can can play running back. He can he can play you know safety. He can play linebacker. He can play corner. There's mm. a lot of different spots he can play. Hey, you thought you'd probably see more of the uh, the two QB system from USU than maybe you saw Friday night. Uh, Peasley only came in once Bonner got dinged, but Bonner threw it a ton uh, Friday night. Yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh, you know, when we we kind of gauge things defensively, when you look at it, if uh, if a team is, if if you can hold them under 100 yards rushing, and you hold, and and a team like that, you hold them under 300 yards passing, but you come away with three takeaways, you feel pretty good. And, and you know, we had two picks that were in our hands that that uh, you know, if we come away with that, then we're looking pretty good. Where you have, you know, you've allowed a little over 300 rushing, you come away with three picks, one fourth down stop, and um, you know, under 100 yards rushing, that would have been a, a great night, but. We let two of those get away from us, and obviously the third downs that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, by the way, former Aggie Jacob Robinson uh, got his first career pick, and it came against his old team on Friday night. Yeah, that was. I think it was fitting just to have him finish the game for us uh, coming in with that pick. Now he'll he'll have maybe tougher ints uh, as he goes along, but hey, if they're going to throw it to you, you, might as well just catch it. You know what? Sometimes those those are the ones. It's <laughs> just like almost too good to be true. You're waiting for somebody to cross in front of you, or it's just a little low and. Do I do I catch it with my hands up or do I turn my feet? It's just, but uh, he did a good job coming away with it and completing completing and, the play. And for those who didn't know that uh, Jacob maybe played for Utah State, he did. He's also local. He's Orem High School, right? Yep, yep. And he was originally committed to us. Um, you know, we had talked to him about um, a, a path that uh, you know, a gray shirt path that he, he may have not uh, wanted at the moment. Decided to go to Utah State and just uh, after the semester there came back. And so we're excited to have him. And, Phenomenal player, great fit for us in the program, and obviously just here in our backyard. Mm -hmm. uh, the turnover story, a big, a big night that way. Uh, two takeaways, another game, zero giveaways. BYU's eighth nationally in turnover margin and uh, 16th right now in, uh, in takeaways. So BYU's doing an excellent job uh, both taking care of it and then getting after it on the other side. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there are a lot of opportunities that we look back in these last few games that we missed, and we've got to continue to... We got to continue to capitalize when we get those opportunities, and and uh, you know the offense uh, playing the way that they are, and and, and uh, you know playing ahead, it's going to give us an opportunity for more takeaways. 
So when it's happening on both sides of the ball, as it is, offensively and defensively, uh, good things tend to happen. Uh, as we take a look at some of the uh, turnover numbers on the screen for those watching, how did you come out of the game uh, health-wise uh, Friday night? Um, defensively, we, we came out well. We were, I mean, there's a couple of guys that are banged up during the during the deal, but um, you know, we've, I, I think we're fairly healthy for the most part. There's, you know, Lorenzo might have been a guy that, uh, you know, had, he had a previous back issue and is, and uh, just a little dinged up, but for the most part, we came out healthy. Uh, ben Bywater had one of his best games, if not his best game at BYU. Three TFLs for you, including a sack on Friday. Yeah, yeah, you know, filling the shoes of Keenan, Keenan Peely, and. And trying to find somebody who can do that. I mean, you know, Keenan for so many games and, and for so long has been the leader as far as just leading the team to tackles and all that stuff. And we really needed Ben to show up. And, and uh, as a you know second game as a starter, just did a phenomenal job and came away with a lot of a lot of stats. That will segue us into our selection of defensive players of the week. You had two of them, and Ben was one of them. Ben was one of them. I've, like I mentioned, Ben did, has done a phenomenal job stepping up uh, for losing Keenan for the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, also Caleb Hayes, just, you know, he transferred, or another guy that was originally committed to us, decided at the last minute to, to go to Oregon State, and then after his, his uh, time there, he came back. And, I mean, the, all, the, all the DBs did a phenomenal job, but he just uh, stuck out in some, you know, such a positive way with the way that he challenged, the way that he played. I mean, there were so many big plays that Utah State almost had that, that uh, he came up with three PBUs that were huge. Even though you, you did lose Keenan Ellis in the opener, is this as good as you felt about a secondary group since you've been the D.C. here at BYU? Oh, yeah, for sure. We, I, we've, we've mentioned that uh, before the season, too. It's, it's, it is the deepest uh, cornerback group that we've had since we've been here. Um, you know, I, I couldn't compare it to any other time, but it's, we've got a lot of DBs. With Keenan Ellis, uh, you know, Keenan Ellis came back. Um, you know, Jacques Wilson's another one that stepped up and had yeah. a lot of meaningful reps. I mean, there's we've got guys that can play man, man now, and it's it changes the way that we play defense. All right, as we go to break, a reminder, folks, that uh, dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody. From burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now Harriman. Well, this Saturday afternoon, BYU plays host to Boise State. Listen to Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio starting at 1.30 Eastern, 11.30 Mountain Time. The kick at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain. Coming up next, we'll preview the battle with the Broncos and Check in on social media with questions for Coach Elisa Tuiaki or in the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Jet sweep motion. Alger stumbled, regains his balance, and gets to the second level. Tyler could be gone. The 40, the 30, the 20 of Utah State. He will score. Touchdown, Tyler Algier. 59-yard touchdown run. The Cougars score again. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Spending some time with BYU defensive coordinator and D-line coach Eli Satuiaki. Coach Ian e the Cougs taken on Boise State this weekend. BYU coming in 5-0. The Broncos 2-3 after a home loss to Nevada on the weekend. Procedural question. We talked about the booth in the last segment. Uh, and, and you said you have Kyle Griffiths up there. Mm -hmm. But you're the only, are you the only full-time defensive coach? Up in the booth? Yeah. And how did, how did you determine the right way to go and who you have with you and how it all shakes out that way? It was, uh, you know, we had, we had I think, three, three or four different uh, scenarios that we, we kind of just worked through during fall camp. Um, you know, one, one of the things was really trying to just, Gavin was the one that was like, Gavin, Gavin Fowler, just like, I've been up there with the GAs and, and have the full-time guys down in the ball, down at the, on the field and, 
Gavin was the one that was kind of like, okay, should he be here? Should he be with the specialist? With with uh, Ed being being involved in all three phases, and you know, just just nice to have somebody down there with the specialist, uh, you know, to have a full-time position coach. And so we decided to go with that, and uh, felt like it was the best thing, just just going in and um, feel like we got plenty of eyes where we need them, um, and it's 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 worked out so far. What's Kyle's official role up there with you? Um, there's there's several several things that I've got him on. Um, uh, you know, obviously just the, the down and distance personnel, hash mark, and then it's uh, it's uh, looking for substitution opportunities. It's there's there's something that we call chunks where if the offense subs late and they, their play clock's running out, then we try to we, we yell chunks and and he he's responsible for that to make sure that we get a sub coming in. That happened once in yep. the Utah State game where our D lineman just. Uh, you know, we, 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 start, we, we were a little uh, blatant about the way that we were trying to take the time off where we had a guy coming into sub and the other guy was just kind of, you know, in a standstill and then he'd like tap him on the shoulder and then Zoe got up, oh, yeah, I'm going. And the refs were, were like, dude, you guys got to be a little bit faster initiating that. But, you know, Kyle's part of that and as well as just, I mean, he, he scripts uh, the calls, the gains and all those things. And, and uh, in between series, I'll ask, him, I'll ask him certain things as far as just which calls are working. Um, if I'm starting to get in a pattern of just a little bit more pressures versus a little bit more zones or man, just those kinds of things, just to just to uh, keep communication and talking, talking through a lot of different scenarios, and obviously those the full-time coaches on the ground are are awesome too with just feedback and and ideas. Kyle's your right-hand man. Good to give him a shout out. All right, uh, Boise State scout thoughts on the Broncos? Yeah, you know that we've we've had so many battles with them during the during the five six years that we've been here at the sixth time, and and uh, you know obviously we've. We've gotten them the last couple times, but it's just they're, they're a phenomenal team. I think they're well coached. They have a lot of good players. They've got a culture that um, you know precedes whoever comes in there. They, those guys play hard and do a really good job. And I think they're they've got a tough quarterback that stands in there and delivers the ball. And I think this last game he had a career high. And so we've got to make sure that we slow him down a little bit. And and uh, you know they're they're a team that's always going to give us problems with all the different schemes, formations, and things that they do. Hank Bachmeyer was 34 for 47 for 388, uh, four touchdowns and a pick in the loss to Nevada when the Wolfpack kind of took over in the second half. But it was a game where the run game did not get going for Boise. Yeah, and that's that, you know, uh, the Boise teams that we faced in the past, a little bit more, um, you know, relying on the run, depending on the run, um, just uh, establishing, some, establishing the run is really important to them. And, um, you know, obviously it's a new new offensive coordinator. They're, they're, it looks like they may have changed a little bit, but they're still the same Boise where they're going to give us fits. They've got a lot of good players and, and, they're, and they're coached well. Let's get to a couple of quick social tra social media questions before we let you go today. Uh, from Travis Campbell, question comes in. How do you keep the defense so dialed in uh, during the second half in Logan when they know they're going to have a lot on their shoulders with a third string quarterback playing? That's, that's just a tribute to the players. You know, the, we've got great players that are bought into to what we're doing. The, the coaches do a phenomenal job just with reminders and, and uh, getting those guys playing. And we're all just playing one snap at a time. You know, there's no, there's, uh, you know, the, worrying about who's, who the starting quarterback is while you're in on defense just isn't something that's going to do anything for you. And so keeping those guys dialed in, I think the full-time coaches do a phenomenal job, you know, keeping the, the players dialed in. But they do a really good job just keeping themselves uh, mentally locked into the game. Okay, last question we'll take for you. Has Chaz Ayu moved out of safety spot for the remainder of the season given Keenan Peely's injury? You know, he, he's, he's going to be in. So when you, you see guys uh, end up moving spots, right? So 
uh, a corner that moves to safety is all of a sudden just like, holy crap, this guy's fast. And then a safety that moves to backer, it's the same thing. And then a, a backer that moves to D end, it's just his, his speed at the backer spot, his instincts and what he brings to the table is unbelievable. It's gonna be hard to, to, uh, to play any games without Chaz there. And so I think for the, for the, for the year, at least uh, as we look forward, um, he's, he's got a place, he's got a home, he's, he's got a place where he makes the biggest difference on the team and we need him there. Um, but he's he's done such a great job playing backer, and he just looks he just looks so in his element when he's playing backer right now. Okay, good stuff. Great segment and a great half hour with you, Coach Tuiaki. Thanks for the time, and have a great week ahead of Boise. Appreciate it. All right, that is Coach Eli Satuiaki. Fans, you can get pregame coverage of BYU Saturday Showdown with Boise State on BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff Saturday noon Eastern, uh, two Eastern noon Mountain Time. Coming up next, we'll chat with Special Teams Coordinator Ed Lamb. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU 5-0, ranked 10th nationally. After the Cougs' 34-20 win at Utah State, to BYU home to Boise State this Saturday. And we start the second half hour of the show by saying hello to special teams coordinator, safeties coach, and assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. Coach Lamb, good to see you once again. Great to see you, Greg. So 5-0, seven wins in a row going back to last year, ranked top 10. Considering the kind of brutal year it's been injury-wise, uh, it's as solid a start as could be expected right now for you guys. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a good way to say it. I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, you feel that way. And I think overall our team, yeah, feels really good about the record. We're pretty focused on just areas where we can improve. And I think that's what keeps us grounded. It's a 5-0 start with uh, three straight P5s to open. South Florida having come in, the in-state game you just got finished with, and the back half a little more road heavy. Next game on the schedule, as you see there, is, is Boise State. I, I don't know that you ever look beyond just the very next opponent. In fact, I, I you know, was talking with Coach Tuiaki off the air, and you're talking about the Baylor kick time, which got set today, and he was like, oh, is Baylor after? You know, it was like, yeah, we're not really in that mode. But when you see what's been done and what's yet to come, what kind of, what's the first impression you have? It really is the, the next game. We have, um, I don't want to call them junior, uh, members of our staff, but but the, some of the younger coaches, analysts, and, and graduate assistants, they're usually about 10, maybe 14 days out on, on the next opponent. And then I do that as well. Towards the end of each game week, I start to look at the next opponent and just see what, what type of our game plan stuff can carry over. But uh, but really all focus is on Boise State this week. And we know who we play in the future, just don't know the exact order and what time and mm -hmm. where. Now, what, uh, let's look back at Logan for a second. What did you expect from Utah State, maybe compared to what you got on Friday night, looking back at it? I think we got what we expected. I uh, get, have to give uh, Utah State a lot of credit. I thought, they, I thought they performed at a very high level. I thought they executed their offense and, uh, and their defense and their special teams. They really came to play. They were motivated. The, the, the environment was excellent. The crowd was excellent. And, you know, obviously, in big favor there of Utah State. It was a hostile environment, and we got uh, we had everything that we could hope for in a game, and we had our hands completely full. Talking with Coach Tuiaki a bit about this, defensive substitution patterns and potential for penalties and how you felt it was being uh, maybe managed. You were on the field a couple times. You, you and Coach, to, uh, Coach Tataki had some things you wanted to get across to the referee about what that, uh, how that was all uh, taking place. 
Yeah, that's really, that's at this point, that's a judgment area for the officials, these teams that are going ultra fast. And Utah State's stated goal is to go faster than anyone else in America. And so the, you know, the, there becomes a safety issue on defense. Uh, basically, how do you substitute out? Well, we refuse to be a team that is going to fake injuries or something like that. I think that's a gray area of the rules that we're not willing to step into. But the, uh, the rules state, you know, when the offense can sub at whatever rate they want. When they do, the defense should be able to sub substitute as well. And, and we don't have to be in a panic about substituting. The officials felt like that uh, there, was, there was one occasion where we were just too deliberate and too slow, and, and so we sped that up in the second half and it didn't have another issue. But uh, you know, I thought that in, on that occasion that Utah State had subbed deliberately late. And so I, I, you know, I just let the officials know that that's how we saw it. Okay. Uh, how do you think you guys handled a true hostile road game environment for the first time in basically two years? Oh, I, I, everything that we would want to accomplish, uh, the boys set out to do, and we didn't we didn't always do it. But the the idea in playing in a hostile environment on the road is to start fast, start early, and build a lead and take the crowd out of it a little bit. I thought our guys did that. There were times when Utah State kept pressing and fighting and made it a closer game again, and the crowd got back involved. But really, at every point where Utah State got within striking distance, uh, we were able to respond, either offensively, defensively, or special teams, or in some in some cases it was three in a row you know we would get a stop mm -hmm. and a score and a, a great punt or something to to get the other team backed up one of your safeties got uh, the game off to a great start uh, Malik Moore picks on the first Utah State drive and it was an excellent interception too in fact I didn't I didn't know if he could control it coming to the ground the way he did yeah really skillful inter interception there I I don't know what uh, what naturally caused him to, to put the ball in one hand after the initial two hand uh, reception, but uh, some type of balance or the ability to fall. But he's a great ball tracker. He was primarily an offensive player in high school, one of our what we call developmental players. He's got all the athletic tools to to uh, play the game at a high level. Mm -hmm. We just have to teach him how to play a new position. He's been really thriving. BYU is now tied for 20th nationally in passes picked off, top 20 in takeaways, fewest giveaways, turnover margin, impactful numbers all over the place. They are, and those those numbers are always uh, turnovers. We talk about takeaways on defense is what we call them, but we talk about that really. The game situation often has a lot to do with it. When the when your offense is playing strong and the and the defensive front is playing well, then you know teams have to start taking a little more shots down the field, taking a few more chances, and that's when interceptions typically happen. Takeaways in every game so far. That's right, and they've been a big part of it. And, and the flip side of that is we, we don't give it away. We, we've been a really good team as far as um, what, what they call an offense, turnovers. We don't turn the ball over very often. We really put a priority on protecting it and carrying it the way it's supposed to be carried, and our quarterbacks have been really smart about the way they put the ball in the air. As we hit with uh, Coach Tuiaki, BYU one of the four FBS teams yet to trail in a game. It was another fast start at Utah State. Touchdown on the first offensive possession. You're up 10-0 before the Aggies scored. Under Kalani, BYU now 27 and 6 when you score first, 20 and 2 when you score a TD on the opening possession, and that's kind of been the way it's felt the last few weeks as you get off, you get off to this really nice start and kind of go from there. That's been fantastic the way the guys play. I think so much of that is um, uh, Coach Sitake's culture, and and he really wants the boys to have fun first and foremost, and he believes that performance and execution comes within that fun. And uh, that's when, you know, you hear people talk about playing in the zone. And, uh, you know, that's how he defines the zone. And the players have bought into that. And I think they're performing at a high level while having fun. And that's not always easy to do. Let's go to, let's get to a different zone, red zone. And uh, you talk about critical areas of the game, whether it's uh, the turnover margin, red zone's another one. And, and the first four offensive possessions in Logan, three touchdowns and a field goal. Red zone for the season, 18 for 19 
with 14 touchdowns. So the touchdown rate's very high, and these are all excellent numbers nationally. Yeah, we're really built for it. I think our offensive staff recognizes the abilities that we have and, and the ways that we can put defenses a little bit on their heels. And even in the red zone where the sledding can get difficult, we've got very physical rushing attack. We've got a big offensive line that, that does the, the pass and the run well. We've got some tall receivers, and that kind of helps. Even though the field is getting smaller and smaller and there's less area to defend in the red zone, we've got some really capable players, and our offense does a good job of spreading the ball around in those situations. We probably just hit the, uh, the formula for winning. Uh, you, you get a lead, which you do. Uh, you don't give the ball away. You take the ball away, and then you score when you have the chance, which is inside the 20, and that's where it's all been working right now. It is, and those are the, those are the points that are preached by all the coaching staff, and, you, and the head coach included. And um, on each side of the ball, we, we make a little bit different emphasis as, as, uh, as it should be according to the phase that we're coaching. But those are uh, often indicative of whether or not you're going to come away with the win. A couple more notes from the Utah State game. Their first touchdown drive of the night came after an 18-play, 75-yard drive. They also had a 14-play, 90-yard touchdown drive in the fourth. Now, clearly, there's value in getting off the field on defense, but there's also value in keeping plays in front of you and forcing opponents to have to string a lot of good plays together when they're only averaging like they were four yards a play for the night. That's right. Yeah, we, we, the, the first and foremost goal is obviously to get off the field as fast as possible to take the ball away with takeaways. Three and outs are, are a big time celebrated and, and, and what we play for. And yet, uh, you know, we also want to play smart defense. We're not uh, just looking to go out and achieve as many sacks and tackles for loss as we can at the expense of our team losing a football game. And so, yeah, those drives, you really have to credit Utah State. Uh, Coach, Coach Tuiaki did a good job of balancing up third downs. We got in a lot of third and long situations. We had seven calls where we blitzed five or more. We had seven calls where we dropped eight into coverage, and then we had seven typical calls where you rush four and, and cover with seven. Mm. And they were all right about the same effectiveness. Utah State really was, was good in all situations on third down. On the quality over quantity standpoint, uh, yes, USU snapped 83 plays to BYU's 66. But, you know, as I mentioned, Utah State's down around four yards per play and BYU's over seven. And so it's, it's what you're doing with the ball when you have a chance to do it. That was the difference in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we uh, were able to make Utah State a bit one-dimensional. They credit them. They didn't give up on their rushing and they continue to run the ball throughout the game. But we were able to get them in enough situations that were past situations where we won enough of those. There were a really low completion percentage on their part, a lot of balls on the ground being thrown downfield and landing on the ground. The coverage guys did an excellent job in the secondary, and, and in the end, it was enough to get the, the victory. To go to 5-0, and oh, let's hit a break. We come back the return of Jake Oldroyd on a record-setting night in Logan. Plus, we'll get special teams and offensive players of the week with Coach Lamb. When the coordinator's corner continues, we are brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're back with more after this. Good snap and placement. Kick is on its way, and it is through for three. It got there and got over. BYU 10. Jake Oldroyd, good from 49. He's made 16 in a row, a new BYU record, and the Cougs take a two-possession lead. All right, so we are back on the coordinator's corner with special teams coordinator, safeties coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Coach Lamb and the Cougs 5-0 for a second consecutive season. And a BYU team that finished last season ranked 11th in the AP poll, now up to 10th in both the AP and the coaches' polls. Uh, any reaction or thought on where BYU's at as a top-10 team through five games? You know, it's, I, I'm happy for the guys. I think they do, they do pay attention to that, and fans too. It's nice to get outside recognition, credit for what's going on. Um, 
it's just you know we start watching video of the next opponent. Yeah. It's like it doesn't none of it matters. You know we have to beat uh, Boise State. We have to prepare the boys the best we can. Let's get to our first player of the game uh, from on your standpoint. We'll have it be on offense. Uh, Tyler Algiers big night, almost 220 yards rushing. When the game got tight in the fourth, Tyler took over. There was that drive where he had all three touches and uh, scores the final points of the game. They took the touchdown away for a moment, but he scored on the next snap, and uh, he just continues to roll for you. He sure does, and he's such a such a team-oriented uh, guy. The, the leadership um, is, I think, some of, some of it that's underrated, uh, the impact that he has on the game. When the defensive players are watching the way he rushes the ball, the fact that he's been a starter at linebacker on defense before, he started on special teams, punt, kickoff, made tackles there. He's just a complete football player that happens to be playing on offense. And every time he touches the football, it's uh, really electrifying for our sideline. And everybody believes in his ability to get it done, and he sure did. Coach, it's been kind of an interesting game script in all five games. Uh, early lead, expand the league to multiple scores, see it shrink to one score, and then put the game away. Right, yeah, there's... Uh, we certainly aren't uh, trying to let the opponent back in the game, but there there are some game management uh, protocols that we go through that are that are decided before we ever play the game. They're decided before the season ever starts. But when when a team gets uh, when we can build a lead, we, we want to stay uh, aggressive on offense, but we want to make sure that we're securing the football. And, uh, on, and defensively, we want to make sure that we're not giving up uh, big strikes when we when we have a lead and letting a team get back into a game too easily. And so. Sometimes that I know can be frustrating for for fans. It's frustrating for coaches and players too because there's been a point in each game where we could have taken it to two or three scores to to four or five scores, and uh, we we certainly want to do that. And we have to look at our processes and make sure that we are able to do that. Special teams notes: Jake Oldroyd returned after two DNPs, uh, kicked a 49-yard field goal, the one we saw there on the clip to set the BYU record for consecutive field goals made. Missed a 46-yarder right before halftime, then made a 32-yarder late to kind of restore that two-touchdown lead for you. Yep, it's been fantastic just watching his whole career and, and being a part of uh, what he does and how he does it and seeing him battle through ups and downs throughout his career. He had a little up and down just right within that game, but overall he's on, been on such a hot streak now for a couple of years and um, came back and, and uh, you know, fired away. And a lot of times when a kicker makes a, a rare miss then the next time they come out they'll kind of aim it and I really liked his technique and follow through on the on the third field goal of the night and he just didn't miss a beat and uh, sometimes guys miss. When did you get a sense that he'd be good to go by the way that night? Uh, it's been it's been literally game to game every week like in the pregame warm-ups mm -hmm. so in the pregame warm-ups he felt good he was kicking well and uh, Justin was ready as well and so appreciate both of those guys what they do and, and Jake is our starter right now and Justin's our capable backup. Ryan Rico is fourth currently in FBS punting average. Uh, BYU had, not coincidentally, its the largest average starting field position margin of the season in the Utah State game. Uh, he's been excellent. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of sad that someone kicked it longer than 83 yards this past week, by the way. Uh, he, had the, he had the record for like a week or two, at least the, the season record for FBS at 83, which is still a BYU record, but he's been outstanding. And uh, I guess this is just who he is. I mean, he's never going to, like, there's no dips really, it seems, for Ryan. He's been very consistent. That's really the, the key thing with big punters like uh, Ryan is, you know, can they get their long body to consistently punt the ball without uh, long drops or aggressive drops going off the side of the foot and things like that. He's been so good and clean with his technique and uh, he just lets his body do the work. And he's got a tremendous body built for punting and uh, the, the numbers are, are the indicator of how good he really is. And that's interesting in the, uh, the photo we see, the pick that's in the graphic, 
this would have to be one where he's going to take something off it, right? Because his drop looks different when he's going for distance as opposed to when he's pulling something back. That's right. Yeah, if he's typically if we're around the 50 yard line, then he'll drop it to nose first and try to get it back spinning so that it's got a chance to go out to inside the 10 yard line. All right. Since he uh, had such a great night, he becomes one of your special teams players of the game in against Utah State, right? He is. His impact was huge, and he would give credit to the uh, to the coverage guys, and so would I. We we outkicked our coverage by about uh, 10 or 11 yards on on one of those punts, and Morgan Piper went down and just made a tremendous tackle, um, protected first, and then sprinted down and made a tackle. We've got three great gunners that are always down there. Max Tooley's got a lot of speed as well, so. Uh, those guys have done a great job. Morgan, Morgan got the top rock uh, for also his, he made a tackle on kickoff as well, drew a penalty um, that pinned Utah State deep in their own end. And then uh, the top block was the whole punt return unit who has just kept working and working and had some kind of misfires early in the season and the, and the last couple of games, they've really come alive. By the way, Ryan was our guest on uh, Coach Satake's show last Tuesday night. What a, what a delightful guy he is. He's a great personality. He sure is, yeah, and, and, a, and a football guy. It's so great to have athletes in the specialist room, guys that can relate to everybody else on the team, guys that like to lift and, and uh, get in there right with the rest of the, of the team and do the same warm-ups and, and the same lift. And I think they, they really that becomes a part of their strength is that they know that they're, uh, they're a true part of this team. And, and our team is, is willing to you know, live with any, any faults that they have, any misses that they have, because they know they're such great players that put so much into their craft. We're supposed to go to break here, and I didn't, I didn't think I'd ask you this, but I think I will. Uh, since I've been doing, been on the radio football bro, uh, radio broadcast crew, it's, it's my 30th season. In the 30 years I've been doing it, between sidelines and play-by-play, -play, BYU's not had a punter drafted. And not, you know, there aren't a ton of punters drafted anyway. Um, is Ryan Rico the kind of guy that could be an NFL drafted punter? He is, yeah. I think a lot of times it's it's need and it's it's how many punters are available and, and can uh, that's the same with all positions really. Sometimes there's just a run on certain positions and a certain need. Uh, but but yeah, I think of of those punters that get drafted, he's got that type of skill set where he can make a run at that. Okay, we'll see how it goes down the line. Time for a break. As we step away, we'll remind you that for your daily Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern time. Coming up in our final segment, a look ahead to Saturday's home game with Boise State. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're back with Coach Ed Lamb in Studio C right after this break. Coordinator's Corner is brought to you in part by... JCW's, the Burger Boys, BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event, and by Siegfried & Jensen, serving Utah families for over 30 years. This Saturday in Provo, after five straight late night games, it's a 1.30 kickoff for BYU and Boise State. Cougs have won the last two meetings in the series, and a three of the last five overall. Broncos coming in two and three on the year, BYU, of course, 5-0. and Coach Lamb, uh, thoughts on Boise State and their 2-3 and three mark coming into your place? Well, 2-3 and three is just a, a matter of who you've played, and they've played some really good teams, and uh, you know, Nevada is an excellent football team. They have been for the last couple of years with a, with a potential top-10 draft pick at quarterback. So, um, you know, we, we think of Boise State the way we always think of them, one of the finest programs in the country. They play hard. They have a lot of team pride, and, and you have to fight for every single victory that you can that you can get against those guys. They've got, uh, they've got a really capable offense, nice receiver core, and a quarterback that knows how to connect with them, big physical backs. 
And uh, defensively, they, they've done a really nice job keeping the ball in front of them. This past game was uh, Nevada got a, some points on the board and led to a, a loss for them. But I'm sure they'll be hungry to get back on track. In the last minute, we have uh, quarterback situation TBD for BYU this week until the week gets a little later in. But uh, in the last 30 seconds we have with you, how do you feel Jacob Conover did when coming in and, and being asked to play his first D1 snaps? Oh, Jacob won the game, and uh, you know the Tyler Roger was a was a hero of the game. But but uh, I think it's important for everybody to recognize on our team and and in Cougar Nation that you know Jacob came in and, and with an 11 point lead, and we extended it to a 14 point lead. We won the second half with our third string quarterback, and Jacob protected the football, got it to the right guys, put us in the right checks. He did a tremendous job. He did. Ed, thank you for the time. Great. Have a great week ahead of you, and best of luck against Boise State. Thank you. All right, that is Coach Ed Lamb, and that'll do it for this week's edition of the Coordinator's Corner. We're back with you next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. We'll have Coaches Lamb and Roderick with us next week. For Coaches Tuiaki and Lamb, my name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Go Cougs, and have a great week.